0: Isn't it awesome to be a part of a church that loves the community? I think we need to come on now. And that blows me away over 500 volunteers. I mean, come on. God is on the move. God is on the move. I want to say welcome to all of you here at our Noonan campus at LaGrange campus and watching us online, I'm so thankful and and joyful that you could be here today and and, and to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But I I think before we begin in our series and, and continue our series, Crazy Stupid Love on marriage, I think we need to just take a minute. This week we had a profound event happen in our country. And, and, and I think we need to just take a minute to pray for Parkland, Florida, to pray for the families impacted in that devastating event. You see, I don't think we're going to see change in this country unless we actually see a stronger relationship with Jesus, stronger marriages, and stronger families, It all starts at at the cross. And so if you would, just bow your heads with me across the room, and let's just go to the Father. Jesus, we we come to you today, we come to you humbled, we come come to you broken. Jesus, my prayer is that you would move throughout this land, that you would move in this country Jesus, I pray protection over our schools. I pray protection over our administrators, over our teachers. But Father, I pray for a heart change across this land. I pray that this would cause us to run to you. That we would put our political affiliations aside and put put the debates aside and, and we would just look at what the real problem is. It's a heart problem we need more Jesus. So Jesus, I just pray that you would move in this place. In your awesome name, amen. You know, as I began to pray and think about what God wanted me, you to hear, wanted me to say, and pretty much I've told you before that what I am learning, I'm going to pour out to you because um, I just believe that it's only fair, If I have to go through it, then you should go through it. Because, you know, this week I have the incredible opportunity. God was like, hey, I want you to go to Ephesians. I'm like, oh no. And then he's like, hey, I want you to go to Ephesians 5. Oh boy. And then I want you to talk about Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. No way. Right? Because Ephesians 5, 21 through 33 is on submission. And love, oh no. But but Paul, you have to understand, Paul, this letter to the Ephesian church, this church at Ephesus, you know, and he breaks this whole chapter out into three parts. He, He breaks it out into talking about submission as far as the marriage relationship, the most intimate relationship in the Bible besides Jesus and the church, right? And then he goes on to talk about submission with kids. Yes, kids, you should follow your mom and dad. Good, my daughter's over there. But then he also talks about submission in the employment place. Yes, you should submit to your employer. In Ephesians 5.21, it says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Out of reverence for Christ submitting is not an easy concept we really can't submit on our own will it's impossible we're so independent we like our way right but in acts two eighteen, it tells us to be filled with the holy spirit and guess what when you are filled with the holy spirit You give praise and thanksgiving in all situations, and you can submit. You can submit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you realize submission is not a four letter word. You realize it's not ugly, it's not weak. I mean, Jesus submitted to the cross. Jesus submitted to the cross. But you also realize that submission is not saying you don't have a brain. Submission is not saying that you don't get a say. And I'm talking about everyone in the room. This submission concept is not just talking to wives. It's talking to men. It's not just talking to those young or old. It's talking to everyone. It's not a concept that's just for the married. It's for all of us. It's submitting. Thank you. God calls us to submit to Christ. It says Jesus submits his will to the Father and we honor Christ by following his will. It's submitting every day. Submitting to the will of the Father every day. It's a constant decision. When you wake up in the morning, are you going to submit? This was not the case for me. In my marriage when we first started. If you've been around, you, you know some of my story. You know that at about year three, our marriage almost ended in divorce. Because I wasn't willing to submit. I wanted to be king. I mean, I love the Lion King. And my favorite song was, oh, I just can't wait to be king right? Like I live that out. I mean, it's embarrassing to say, but people would often ask me, hey, what's your like pump up song for football? I can't believe I'm sharing this. And one of my good friends is in the room. He's the head coach at EC. And I'm like, oh no, he's going to give me a hard time. But I used to listen to, oh, I can't wait to be king. That was my pump up song. I never said that. I said, oh, I'm losing to rap, man. <laughs> or ACDC back in black, baby. Come on. But no, it was the Lion King. (laughs) But seriously, I mean, come on. About year three, uh, it's a fantastic book, Love and Respect. It's by Dr. Emerson Egricks, and he wrote it back in about 2004 and 2007. Someone had given me this book and said, hey, I really think this is going to help you. I was like, oh, Fantastic. And so what did I do? I went home, I, I went to Barnes & Noble, I, I bought another copy. I drive home and my wife had been working all day. She was a real estate agent, still is kind of. and Well, yeah, you are. But <laughs> it's, it's complicated. Anyways, she'd been working all day and she was out in the yard hanging out with our kids, playing with our kids. And I pull up in my car and um, I had just gotten off work, and, and I was like, I was heated because we had had an argument that day, and who knows what about, probably some dumb reason, why, right? Because that's most arguments. And, and I, I take the book, and I'm like, hey, if you want to fix our marriage, read that. Awesome. That's what I did. To this day, my wife won't read that book. To this day. And I know it's funny. It is now. But if you can tell, it still breaks my heart that that's how I To this day, it still breaks my heart. That I was so in love with me. And me. And I wasn't submitting every day to the will of the Father. That I treated her like that. Now, you have to understand with my wife, she was a single mom for a while did an incredible job of raising up this little boy and he's now 19 oh my goodness but the idea of submission for her was different she was independent she didn't need this guy coming I mean she she really didn't need me she could fix a sink she could mow she could do everything and she's like wait what and so instead of doing this out of love i threw the book at her and said read that that'll fix you When the whole time I should have been looking up at the saying, God said, fix me. And so it doesn't matter if you were single, if you're married, if you're struggling in marriage, if you're divorced. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. I believe today God has something to say to you out of Ephesians 5. And so let's head there right now. 522 This is obviously a letter to the church of Ephesus. We know that he's he's again Paul amazes me. He's writing another encouraging letter from prison. From prison. On submission We have to understand that he's encouraging the church of Ephesus to live in unity and to live in Christ and to live as one body and 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 he's saying hey jesus is the head of the church and we are the body and we've got to live in unison and he's just wanting to encourage them this letter is very different than the the letter he wrote to the corinthians the letter he wrote to corinthians where he talks about marriage and singleness and and all that was very different letter it's two different ideas the Corinthian church was being persecuted. They were being martyred. They were being, so he was like, hey, you've got to go after Jesus with everything you've got. The church of Ephesus letter was all about encouragement and unity and he's talking to this idea of marriage as, as this intimate relationship. And, and so he, he's diving in. And and. and and, and back in that day, women and children and slaves were to submit to the head of the family. didn 't really matter where they were. they were just told to, and so he 's just encouraging them. Now, in Galatians 328 he 's saying, hey, there's equality amongst the believers, okay? I want you to hear that. You need to hear that, that in, in, he, he is saying he's, he, in Galatians 328, or yeah Galatians 328, he really does emphasize the equality of all believers. But he didn't suggest in overthrowing the government to do it. And so this idea of submission comes up, not as, a, as, as much of a have to, it's more as a get to, or more of a choice. Saying, choose this, because this is what Jesus would do. And so Ephesians five twenty-two through twenty-four, it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as the Lord. Notice there it says own husbands. That does not mean submitting to anyone else. It means submitting to your own husband. Not anyone else's husband, your own husband. As to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and his, himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. You see, this idea of marriage was designed by God to be a symbol of the relationship between Christ and the church. It's it's this whole imagery, this whole whole idea of of Christ and the church working together. It's a biblical view of submission does not put the husband in place of God. God. You have to understand, it's not saying, oh, hey, it's in place. No. It's a position. I love what Lisa Chan says when we submit, we are respectfully submitting to a God given position, not perfection. A God given position. position. Not perfection. You cannot expect men to be perfect. We are not. I share stories every time I preach about how I am not perfect. Opening up vulnerability. But it's it's submitting to a God given position. This idea of submission does not give the husband permission to ask you to sin. Acts 5.29 says to obey God rather than human beings. That goes for everyone. Submission is an act of obedience that aligns with God's will and his plan. We have to understand that the idea of submission cannot be done on your own for anyone. It's like I said earlier, we are to submit. But to submit, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's too hard to do it on our own. you got to submit to the will of the Father. Saying, I am yours. I am yours. I want to obey your command. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you on a daily basis. Believe me, I understand the idea of submission is not popular in today's culture. It's not popular in marriages, it's not popular in the workplace, it's not popular (laughs) in families. But it's God's way. Well, I like what Pete said, you know, Pete said last week where God asks the wife to submit. He asks the husband to die. He asks the husband to die. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Again, just this perfect picture of Christ and the church. But this kind of love is a self-sacrificing love. It's laying one's life down. It's saying, not my will, but your will. It's, it's laying our needs down. It's saying, you know what? I'm here to take care of you. I'm here to hold you up. I'm not here to throw a book at you so you can be fixed. I'm here to point you to Jesus. I'm here to wrap my arms around you. We're here to do this together. We're here to do this as one. It talks about unity. When we become married, we're together. We're we're one. It's a beautiful, I love the symbolism. I love the aspect that Paul talks about with the church and how we can do more together than we can do as one. And that's how Christ looks at the husband he's like are you willing to die for your bride are you willing to to give up for your bride there's a reason paul spends twice as much time telling the husband to die as he does telling the wife to submit he wants men to get it it takes a lot of time for men to get things right you got to tell them about seven different times So he spends twice as much time on it. Hey, if this is what you are called to, if you're called to marriage, then as a husband, this is how you should act. Are you willing to lay down your life? Self-sacrificing? Because it takes sacrifice, it takes priority, and it takes care. We are to be doers of the word. And not just hearers of the word. If we want a stronger marriage, then we need to be doers of this, men. This. It's laying what we want down. Christ's sacrifice on the cross made way for us to have life. It's what sets us apart. And if you are a husband and want to be one one day, you're called to this type of sacrifice. Can we ever obtain the type that God, what Christ did on the cross? No, we can't. We can't obtain it because we can't save anyone. But we can do is we can show it. We can show Christ's love. We can show his love every day. We can show his love. Unselfish. Willing to lay down our life in a way that points people to Jesus. That points him to the Savior. We're to become one. So how do we do that? How do we do this whole submission and love thing? How do, we, how do we actually submit to anything or anyone? How do we really submit in marriage? How do we really love in marriage? There's a word that God keeps bringing over and over to me a lot lately. It's this idea of devoted. How devoted are you to me, Cameron? How devoted are you? Cameron, you want your marriage to go to another level? How devoted are you to me? Cameron, you want your kids to go to another level? How devoted are you? Cameron, you want your your, your ministry to go to, how devoted? So I was writing this message. He really said, hey, if this whole idea, this whole idea of submission and love, here's what you have to do first. Be devoted to Christ. Be devoted to Christ. That whole word, when you're devoted to someone or something, you're not easily moved. You love it no matter what. You, you, you dive in. You, you surround yourself with it. You, you wrap your arms around it. It's everything about you. It's what people say about you. He's a devoted follower of Christ. He's devoted, she's devoted. Man, I can't believe how she handled that situation. She's devoted. It's being devoted to Christ. And no matter if you're married, single, divorced, young or old, your devotion to Christ is the key to living a life full of purpose and promise. It's waking up every morning and, and saying, God, use me, Jesus, fill me. It's going to bed at night saying, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you took me through. Not asking him to remove you out of every situation, but saying, God, thank you for taking me through every situation because I know you are increasing in me my character. I know you are building me up. I know you know what's best for me, Jesus. I know you know what's best. This is more than just a once a week life group or Bible study that you cram for the night before. It's a daily walk with Jesus. Relying on him for everything. Not just the little things, but everything. Everything. Was at next this past week and with Chick fil A. And the last day we heard a story of a man that uh, the man that did the devotion is an operator with Chick fil A. And this man has had this incurable cancer for a number of years. But you could just tell he was completely devoted to Jesus because he was like giving praise for what God had put him through, what he had allowed him to go through because it has changed his life. It has changed other people's life. It had impacted people. And it was because he just was completely devoted. It's like nothing I'd never, i have never, i just never seen just this type of devotion. He was so thankful. And, and, and it was a real thankful, right? Like he was just real. His relationship with Jesus was so intimate, so one-on-one, you knew it was the first thing he thought about in the morning, and you knew it was the last thing he thought about at night, was Jesus. So how devoted are you in your relationship with Christ? Because when you're completely devoted, perspective changes. Your perspective changes. Your thought process changes. Everything about you changes. But if we want to see this world change, we have to be completely devoted to the one who saved us. I think the second thing in marriage we have to do is be devoted to one another. This is making one another a priority. Not the priority, but a priority. For men, this is not acting like a king, but treating her like your queen. Not acting like a king, but treating her like your queen. What are you willing to do for her? What are you willing to 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 lift her up how are you willing to lift her up you may have to get rid of some things our marriage changed a lot when i asked her what makes her feel overwhelmed and, and it was really her it wasn't my idea one day she pretty much listed out everything she was doing <laughs> It was sad. And I was like, okay, wow, I get it. What do I need to take off of your plate? What do I need to take on? Can I do the dishes? Can I do the laundry? Can I clean the house? What do I need to take on? What do you need to end? What, what, what can we help you remove? it's asking her opinion. It's planning a date, planning a weekend. It doesn't have to be expensive, it just needs to show devotion, intentionality. I think being devoted to one another for women, it's showing us grace, because we need a lot of it. My wife shows me grace every day. (laughs) Isn't it funny when you start talking on a subject, usually God says, okay, you ready to roll? No. Great. Remember Thursday morning, we got back from next Wednesday night. Thursday morning, we had. We don't yell at each other. We have arguments. That's one of the first things we learned was not to yell. We have arguments, and now if you know anything about my wife, my wife is she's tiny like this, but she's fiery, and she's God gave her more in between. Her ears than I could ever imagine. And, and she literally, I was walking out the door. She was talking. That's how real we get, okay? That's the first mistake. I walked out the door and she, she opened the door. And she said, hey, I want you to know something. This is Satan and you're letting him win. But I love you. And she closed the door. Yeah, that's how real. Come on now, she deserves a clap. <laughs> but I love you. She shows me grace every day. She shows me grace. It means willingly following the leadership in Christ for women. Uh, in our book um, that we're writing, Kindy, in the chapter on submission. And, and I'll tell you what, I'll, we'll put the chapter out Um, later today. We'll post it. Are you okay with that? Great. She said yes. We'll post it because I think it's important for you to hear from her. But in this, she says this. I have learned that God is the ultimate authority. Even though sometimes Cameron's decisions have been different than what I would have chosen. God has needed him and us to experience the consequences, to shape him into the man he is becoming. You see, submission. But the most important thing you can do to show you're devoted to one another is just spend time together with Jesus. Talking to Jesus. In his word together, serving together. I love it watching couples serve together here at the church. I love watching couples serve together on Night to Shine and and, and throughout the community. Couples going on mission trips together, taking their families. It's putting Jesus first, it's devoting yourself to Jesus, devoting your marriage to Jesus. You know, Paul compared that marriage to that of the relationship between Jesus and the church. You can't tell me that marriage isn't important. It's one of the most intimate relationships in the Bible. The best advice I ever received from my grandpa was this. And my grandpa had a lot of advice and, But the best advice he he gave me was this. He said, Cameron, put Jesus first. And every night before you go to bed, you grab your wife. Doesn't matter how bad the day's been. Doesn't matter what you've been through. Doesn't matter how mad you are at each other. You grab your wife. You squeeze her tight and you pray you give thanks for what has been done you give thanks for what he's taken you through and you ask for wisdom to get you through it and he said because when you're in an embrace and when you're hugging and when hearts are so closely connected it's very hard for Satan to get his claws in It's very hard for Satan to get his claws in to your marriage. And so you pray every night like that. And so that's what I encourage you with today. Is put Jesus, be completely devoted to Jesus. Be completely devoted to one another. How we want our kids to be is how we should be. And I'm not just talking about our kids and our family, but the kids we see at schools, the kids we come in contact with, the people we see at our work. If, if we want them to change, we've got to be more like Jesus. We've got to represent Jesus in every aspect of our life. Ephesians 5:33 says, "However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband." If we want to have a marriage pointed towards eternity, then that verse is the how-to. So how devoted are we making that happen? I understand we live in this crazy world. We live in a, a world full of sin. I get it. But guess what we have? We have Jesus and we have the cross. And when Jesus died on the cross, He opened up... <laughs> he opened up forgiveness, He opened up grace, He opened up mercy. And when he raised three days later, guess what happened? It gave us access to the Holy Spirit. And then when we ask Jesus into the life, our life, the Holy Spirit is there. He allows you to have the power. He gives you the strength to get through whatever you are going through. I don't care if you're in a marriage that is amazing and all things are roses and cherry blossoms. Show me a marriage like that. I'd love to learn from you. Or a marriage that is struggling. Guess what? You have the same Jesus. You have the same Jesus. You have the same access to power. Jesus. You know, you may be in this room today. You may be saying, Cameron, you know, I'm, I'm, huh. thanks, you know, whatever, I don't know. Or you may be saying, no, I'm, uh, Cameron, I've gone through a, a horrible divorce. Guess what? You still have Jesus. You still have the cross. Therefore, you still have hope. You still have hope. You still have hope. Maybe God's called you to be single. Great. Fantastic. Go for it. Go be devoted to Jesus. Go be devoted to submitting in all of your relationships. Go and, and be Jesus to everyone. He gives us hope. He gives us power. To those who have been divorced, he gives forgiveness. He gives, he gives forgiveness. We've got a call on it, but he gives us forgiveness. I also believe he, he wants, he, he, he has the power to bring back together. I also believe he has the power to set you free because of the cross and what the cross did and the resurrection. This world needs Jesus. This world needs us to completely be devoted to God and His Word and being Jesus to those all around us. God's desire is to restore your heart. Doesn't matter what you've been through in marriage. Doesn't matter what you've been through personally. He wants to restore your heart. And when he restores it, are you gonna be completely devoted to him?